0: It's The Americans with Kim Munson. The most important stories.
1: An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that?
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it.
0: And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead.
1: It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't.
0: It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left.
1: And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys.
0: Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation.
1: <laughs> Indeed, let's have a conversation. I am Kim Munson, and happy Friday to everybody. You made it. And uh, thrilled to have in studio with me uh, my partner and that is Jason McBride. Jason, great to have you here.
2: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me again.
1: Yeah, so so your internet wasn't working, so you decided to come right on in, huh? Uh, that,
2: well, I couldn't accomplish anything at home. I figured I may as well come here.
1: <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. So we're going to be going through uh, some headlines. We'll be talking about this great event that we're going to be doing together on September 16th,
3: mm-hmm. Nuts
1: and Bolts. And uh, you're bringing in Jeffrey Hirsch from New York. He is the author of the Stock Traders' Almanac. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a really fun evening at uh, Watersedge Winery.
2: It is. And uh, the Stock Traders' Almanac, it's kind of like the Farmer's Almanac for investors. Uh, to, and it comes out every year, Kim. You get a new edition every year. And talks about the long-term trends. And actually, I think one of the interesting things in the Almanac is they look at every single day of the trading year and over time, due to patterns and this type of thing, they actually have the probability every day that the market would go up or down. So uh, they figured out like exact days that you have like the best chance of seeing uh, the market go up. So it's really interesting some of the uh, the things that, that actually do work out that aren't like moon cycles and astrology or crystal ball stuff, and Jeff will be a lot of fun to talk to.
1: So is he going to tell me when I need to plant my tulips or anything like that too?
2: He, he probably would if you asked him. I think that should be one of the questions you pose.
1: I, I think I may. you so,
2: got to surprise him at least once or twice. Well,
1: we're going to do it. So people need to bring their questions and get their perspective. They can sign up. They can go to my website, americhicks.com, And uh, you can sign up through there or uh, at chickspresidential.com as well, which is our landing page together. We're going to talk some more about that. Uh, But uh, first of all, you know, it is uh, it's Friday and, and we have some really important things to talk about. There's some important things happening in Colorado, also nationally. But as we look at these issues, Jason, the questions that we always need to look at is freedom versus force, force versus freedom, because ultimately socialism has to come down to force. And um, and socialism is is actually ultimately never compassionate, and it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, or their freedom via force, whether it's with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And so we're going to be talking about some of those things uh, in the show today. But we're seeing this socialization of the things that that have have occurred that have made everyday hardworking people the middle class. It's created the middle class is freedom in transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And you are, we're seeing that there are politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that are working to socialize that, and that's why we have this show is to bring forth these issues and hopefully help you, the listeners, to be able to get your brains around these issues so you can talk with your friends, your family, and your colleagues.
2: Well, I think that's that's good, Kim. And coming up with this uh, freedom versus force Force versus freedom, I think that 's genius because it gives folks an easy way when they 're hearing some to to think about it which one is mm-hmm. this uh, instead of delving down into the details which can get confusing and you know you mentioned socialism, and there's there seems to be a growing number of folks in this country who seem to think that would be a good idea and i 'm often sitting here thinking. Well, do you think once you vote for it that you're not going to be uh, the one that gets taken away from? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to keep track of who voted for it and make you the recipient and other people who didn't vote for it the ones that get stuff taken away from them. The pain will be shared equally whether you voted for it or not.
1: Right. In, in, uh, in socialism, they work towards equal outcomes, Instead of like, uh, you know, the equality that uh, we have under the law, the impartiality that we have in America. Uh, it's supposed to be that all of us are equal, but they are working towards um, equality and outcomes. And the only way that that can be accomplished is to bring everybody down to the lowest common denominator. And so you see that. Uh, you see that as happening in Venezuela. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Before we do that, though, I always have to say thank you. Uh, <clears> thank <throat> Thank you to the team. Thank you to producer Steve. Thank you to Zach and Patty and Keith and Charlie. You guys are all greatly appreciated. And uh, once again, I have to say thank you to Bob in Michigan that sent that great how melon uh, yesterday. He didn't. He wasn't listening to the show. I think he heard it last night when it was rebroadcast. But he said that those are. Oops, hold on. He said they are unique to Livingston County, Michigan. And so he sent that. I got that, uh, let's see, Wednesday afternoon, and Steve, those were like candy. It was so good.
0: Yeah, the first swipe, uh, you're thinking, well, this is a super cantaloupe, but as you continue to uh, ingest, uh, there's something else about this, and the honeydew would come kind of shining through. So very unique.
1: Yeah. So how melons, they're unique to Livingston County, Michigan, and they are a cross between a cantaloupe and a honeydew. And Bob, you are such a good friend and and, uh, a loyal listener. And thank you so much. You have a great day. And uh, to that, to all you listeners out there, you are treasured, you're valued, you have a purpose. So go out and do that today. And uh, so our inspiration... And I, I was thinking about it because, you know, we're doing this nuts and bolts. Right. And uh, so Snap-on tools. I thought, you know, let's let's learn a little bit about that. And the more I learned about it, uh, Jason, the more inspirational it was. And so this is the story. It says, pioneering the idea of interchangeable sockets and wrench handles, Joseph Johnson, together with William Sideman, formed the Snap-on Wrench Company in 1920. The company manufactured and marketed 10 sockets that would snap-on to five interchangeable handles, a concept that revolutionized the tool industry. Snap-on has continued its innovative leadership across an ever-expanding line of products to this day. To sell the products, Johnson & Seideman worked with Stanton Palmer, who took the tools directly to their customers at their places of business and demonstrated the benefits, which became the cornerstone of the company's marketing success. As a result of this successful sales strategy, Palmer enlisted Newton Tarbell to share the increasing workload. These four founders, Joseph Johnson, William Seideman, Stanton Palmer, and Newton Tarbell, were responsible for putting Snap On on the map. Today, it trades on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, around $150, 2018 revenue was $4.7 billion. Jason, is that not the American idea or what? That is
2: that is really something. And uh, my, how they've graduated from just uh, wrenches. They're into software now and machinery and all all kinds of things. But who hasn't seen the Snap-on Tool Guys van driving around?
1: I know. And, you know, here's an idea. And the reason that it's successful, they became rich, is because they created a product or a service... That people are willing to trade their hard-earned dollars uh, for that because they're like, this will help me. This will make my life better. And so it makes the, the person that purchased it, their life better. And these guys created this very successful business. Think of all the jobs they created. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jason, one of the most compassionate things you can do to give one person an, a, one person to another is a job, the dignity of work.
2: I, I completely agree. Uh, other great things about Snap on I believe their tools have a lifetime warranty. If you break one of their wrenches, uh I I I don't know if they still do this, but I'd imagine so. It's always been if you break one of their wrenches, the Snap-on man will come and bring you a brand new one. What what a story! Got to stand behind your stuff. And where are they based? In wonderful Kenosha, Wisconsin. <laughs> that sounds like a good place for any American
0: company to be based out of. And doesn't it?
1: it? I t- I totally agree. So, hey, let's jump into our uh, funny. Steve, are you ready?
0: Be still my heart.
1: Okay. So I have three, and they're all kind of tool-focused, okay? So the first one. Uh, the doorbell rang, and the lady of the house discovered a workman, complete with a tool chest, probably snap on tools, uh, uh, on the front door. Lady, he announced, I'm the piano tuner. And the lady exclaimed, why, I didn't send for a piano piano tuner. The man replied, I know, but your neighbors did. Okay. Next one. I misplaced Dwayne Johnson's cutting tool for the origami workshop. I can't believe I lost the rocks, paper, scissors.
4: <laughs> okay. Crickets in there. Crickets. Crickets. Yeah.
1: Last one. And I thought you would appreciate this because you, you are a tool guy. I mean, yeah. you and uh, so I thought you'd like this, Jason. Anthony's law of the workshop. Any tool, when dropped, will roll into the least accessible corner of the workshop. However, the corollary is on the way to the corner... Any drop tool will first always strike your toes. Have you had that experience?
2: I completely agree. And not only will it roll to the most inaccessible quarter, it'll roll underneath <laughs> the other piece of equipment that's most likely to have a big spider hiding under there when you
0: reach <laughs> to get the tool. There is more truth in that last one than I oh hope.
1: So do you guys think that's funny? Or, and is the drummer on uh, on vacation today, Steve? That is also mean. I cannot believe that you did that. There is
0: something distinctly wrong here with this mouse and this... This, uh, I just don't know. It's like a third day in a row. I didn't know you were going to have a Hollywood celebrity on the show today, Kim.
1: Who's that?
2: Well, I don't know. I just heard him, though. <laughs>
1: I don't know who that was either. Okay. We're... But it fits.
0: Politician, Hollywood person, it fits.
1: Okay. Before we go to break... Uh, we, I think we need to talk a little bit about this. John Heckenlooper has jumped into the race for a U.S. senator from Colorado. He will be challenging uh, Cory Gardner along with a number of other Democrats. And uh, I wish that we could go back because, Steve, I, do you remember when I predicted this? Yes, I do. Okay.
0: And I don't, he makes such a fool of himself now because how many times has he told us he wasn't interested – he was overqualified. You name it. He's made these statements. So I can't help think that Corey Gardner's uh, campaign people are going to have a heyday with this, playing these sound bites back the way Hickenlooper said he really wasn't interested. So yeah. what's up?
1: That's a li- that was a little disingenuous because I think all the way along that that was where he was headed. And, uh, you know, the the polls have been, been tough for Corey. And, Corey, there's been some times that – I've been a little frustrated with maybe a, a position that he has taken. However, you know, we have to look at the big picture here. And uh, Governor Hickenlooper is attempting to take credit for this, this Colorado economy. And uh, quite frankly, I think that one of the reasons that we've had a pretty good economy here in Colorado is because of TABOR, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And uh, that it was put into the Constitution a little over 25 years ago. And, Jason, it's basically about good manners. Uh, The people of Colorado said, hey, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, PBIs, as I now like to call them, if you want to raise our taxes, if you want to incur debt that uh, we're going to have to pay off, or if you want to keep our tax refunds, and that's above a formula, it, it does allow government to grow. It takes population plus inflation. But then any of the money that is collected above that, that's our money, tax refunds. If you want to keep our tax refunds, you just have to ask us. And the PBIs do not like to ask us. And, in fact, I think they're going to be really going after TABOR, uh, Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, in 2020. But I think that is one of the reasons why Colorado's economy has been pretty good. And uh, I think Governor Hickenlooper... Uh, now candidate for U.S. uh, senator, is uh, going to say that uh, it was because of him, and it's not because of him.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, And, you know, Tabor, when you say that the leftovers uh, get refunded back to the people, uh, these days it should be the leftovers minus fees, instead of taxes. But, you know, it's interesting, uh, Kim, you mentioned uh, and Steve mentioned how they'll go after Hickenlooper for changing his mind or flip-flopping. Quite frankly, I hope they don't take that tack because I think it'll be very ineffective. I don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. And if you want to think about a guy that you could call a flip-flopper, well, President Trump, uh, in very recent years, said he had no interest in running for president, and yet here he is doing a fantastic job. And and I certainly don't hold it against him that he changed his mind. So uh, I'm not a campaign manager, uh, but I could tell you I've heard, you know, they are already playing those clips on, like, Fox and some of the shows, and I was just going, so what? The guy changed his mind. He tried to be president. He saw it wasn't going to work And now he's going after another opportunity. So just from a personal standpoint, I would not be affected whatsoever by that as a voter. So I hope the campaign doesn't make that a focus.
1: Well, and, you know, on the show, we talk about politics, but I really try to stay to the issues. Now, certainly there are, are politicians that are pushing forward certain issues, but I work to try to stay focused on the issues. That's why I mentioned Tabor. Uh, another thing that Hickenlooper has done before, right before he left office, he uh, signed this executive order to push forward, to push people into uh, electric cars because there's been the carrot of uh, income tax refund or in- income tax credits. Right. And so the but the carrot hasn't worked. They're not getting the numbers of people buying electric cars that they want. And so we're going to see force. And so that executive order is force. And so when we go back to what we talk about at the beginning of the show, freedom versus force. If it's such a great idea, you don't have to force people, right?
2: I guess not. And I can speak last night when I was coming home from work at about 9. I stayed late. You know, the the train comes down to the new Lincoln. No, not Lincoln. The Ridgegate Station there. Well, one of the two trains was leaving this, and I can see it going Mm -hmm. over the bridge, all lit up. There was not one single passenger on that train. So they need to do a better job of forcing people to get on those trains.
1: Well, you're going to see that. And just think about the carbon footprint. Of running empty trains and in empty buses and the congestion that empty buses create on our, our streets. But let's go to break. We okay. have on the line with us, <laughs> Jen Hewlin. And uh, Jen is uh, the owner. She's an entrepreneur. And she's the owner of Waters Edge Winery. And uh, love Waters Edge Winery. And we we... Are partnering with her on the very first Vito and Veritas. And this is where the Nuts and Bolts evening is going to be as well. It's going to be a fun evening.
2: Oh, it's going to be a great evening. And Jen's just going to make it absolutely fabulous.
1: So we're going to go to break. When we come back, let's talk with Jen Hewlin at Water's Edge Winery. This is Kim Munson. In studio with me is Jason McBride. And uh, stay tuned. We've got a lot, lot to talk about.
2: Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous
3: wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over two hundred dollars in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooter style. Book now at hooters.com/football. That's hooters.com/football. See you at Hooters.
2: Are you looking for news, not propaganda?
0: Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado.
2: Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news.
3: All Americhick sponsors are in exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And we're having a conversation with Jason McBride valued partner, Presidential Wealth Management. It's great to have you here.
2: Oh, thanks for having me again, Kim. I appreciate it.
1: And uh, on the line, we have Jen Hewlin, uh, Waters Edge Winery. Before we get to Jen, we'd mentioned Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, and there's going to be an, an all-out assault on uh, basically trying to get rid of that because that just says to... PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, please have, a, have the good manners to ask us before you raise our taxes, incur debt we have to pay off or keep our tax refunds. And uh, so Natalie Minton is going to be having the second training in regards to the Taxpayer Bill of Rights on Saturday, September 14th at the Lone Tree Library. Uh check-in begins at 10.30. Uh, the uh, training is from 11 to you'll be out by 3. The cost is $20. Uh, their first one, they had to turn people away, which I find encouraging. I'm sorry that people were turned away. But that so many people want to learn about Tabor and that they are willing to go out and protect that. Now, we will have probably Proposition CC on the ballot this year. And that is going to ask uh, basically if they can keep all of our refunds, and it's very disingenuous, uh, they say, without raising taxes. Well, if they keep money that they're not supposed to, and it's our money, that is raising taxes. So it's pretty darn disingenuous. So, hey, Jen, Waters Edge Winery, how are you today? Good morning, guys. I'm doing awesome. How are you? Well, we are good, and you are such a valued partner. You're a valued partner of the Americhicks and uh, and then uh, Jason and I are going to be doing this Nuts and Bolts event with, uh, is it uh, Joe Hirsch? Or Jeff. Jeff Hirsch mm-hmm. uh, with the Stock Traders Almanac on September 16th at Waters Edge Winery. And uh, you are just a value partner, Jen. Well, thank
4: you. We are really looking forward to that event as well as all the other things that we do together. Um,
1: really enjoy this relationship. Well, I do too. And Vino and Veritas is next Monday night. At Waters Edge Winery. Now, that initially sold out, but then we opened up one in Castle Rock and one in Fort Collins. And so the people that were coming down from Fort Collins are now up there. So I think we have a few spots uh, for this next Monday. So if you're interested in learning more about Vino and Veritas, go to my website, americhicks.com. You can sign up there, as well as for the Nuts and Bolts event that I'm having with Jason. So, Jen, um, Chef D is doing such a a fab job on the, the great different things, he puts together a special menu for these special events. And your team is just uh, really terrific over there. What's new at Water's Edge Winery?
4: Well, it's the end of the summer. All the kiddos are going back to school, and uh, we're starting to see a resurgence. of. We've got a little hockey arena right down the street. All the hockey parents are coming in. So (laughs) I have the chef doing some fabulous new specials. We change those up every couple weeks right now, and I think he's doing this for our Vino and bear's house. we have kind of a healthy play on the Monte Cristo sandwich. Uh, it's ham, turkey, super cheesy, pressed, and it's what makes it amazing is his homemade raspberry chipotle jam, and it's made with, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of what it's called right now, but anyway, so he put this together, and it's, it's just like a heavenly burst in your mouth when you eat those. It's sweet and savory and cheesy and everything wonderful. And the gardens in full bloom out front, we're, we're harvesting tomatoes, all of the mint, um, everything fresh. The basil, every time he goes out, cuts it and brings it in for your food, everybody's mouth starts to water. So great and specials and really excited about the menu for Monday.
1: Okay, so that's going to be part of the menu on Monday night? Yes, ma'am, is. Okay, I'm putting my order in for one of those right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, that sounds delicious. And uh, again, Jen, you are an entrepreneur. You're a small business person. And what that means, I had Susan Cochabar on with uh, 88 Drive-In Theater on Wednesday. And we did an uh, uh, evening out at 88 Drive-In Theater last week. Patty and, and Steve and I went out. And as the owner, you do everything. I, I kind of cracked up when I drove up. Susan came out of the ladies' room with a brush and, a, you know, a, a, a bucket of uh, cleanings and cleaning things. And the same with you. I mean, you, you do everything as an entrepreneur. Uh, and uh, so just love Waters Edge Winery and what you do over there.
4: Well, thank you. Um, We've got a lot of great uh, wines that are going into the tank. We've just released our new Italian Nebbiolo. uh, My winemaker just had back surgery, so guess who's doing all the heavy lifting right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get those muscles going. Sounds like you'll be having
2: back surgery soon, too.
1: (laughs) Hopefully not. Yeah, let's hope not. Okay, Jen, if people want more information about Water's Edge Winery, where can they go? Well, we have a couple different
4: ways. Well, you can find us anytime on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, our website is wewdenver.com. Or you can always call us if you want information or to make a reservation. You can make a reservation online, as a matter of fact. We just added that feature. Uh, if you go to our website, but our phone number is 720-381-6663. And uh, that's where you can find all the information on, on things that we do with you guys, the Vino and Veritas, Nice and Built. Um I think, Kim, you and I are working on a new project coming up here.
1: We are. Um, I think in October, was it? In October, yes. And we're not quite ready to announce what that's going to be, but it's okay. going to be a real important Stay tuned. evening. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And then you have a landing page at my website, americhicks.com as well. And uh, so you can also go to my website, and you can can click through to get to you as well. So, Jen Hewlin, you are a valued partner. Water's Edge Winery, it's a great little spot. And where you guys are located, uh, just north of the streets of South Glen. So it's basically on Arapahoe (laughs) Road, just west of University.
4: Yeah, right. A lot of people know the street Vine. We're on the corner of Arapahoe and Vine, right next to the post office. cannot miss out.
1: Okay. Jen Hewlin, thanks so much, and we will see you on Monday night. See you guys soon. Okay, Bye. great. Hey, uh, before we go to break, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this uh, Governor Hickenlooper, Cory Gardner race that, uh, I guess I'm assuming that Hickenlooper is probably going to be the guy. Steve, you had mentioned that uh, one of the Democrats st- uh, strategists has, had indicated that maybe all the other people that already thrown their hat in the ring might not be so excited about Hickenlooper jumping in now.
0: Exactly. Uh, just happened to catch two interviews back to back on another station. One was the Democratic strategist locally, and then the Republican strategist. Obviously, the Republican guy, his response was what you would have thought. But what caught me by surprise was the Democratic strategist.
1: Democrat. We never said say Democratic.
0: Sorry, you catch me with that every (laughs) time. Uh, His response was not, it was very muted. It wasn't what you thought it would be. And he suggested that the other people already running could be a little bit upset. So there's going to be a little bit of friction Uh, in that group of people because they they just know he's going to play the part of the 100-pound gorilla. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Corey, you know, as I've looked at some of these things, there's been a few votes that personally I've been a little frustrated with. However, we need to really take a look at this from a big strategic uh, standpoint. First of all, it's going to be tough uh, because this is probably the number one contested Senate race in the country. So there's going to be a lot of money. And uh, sometimes I think that freedom people don't really look at the complete big picture. <clears throat> if, in fact, the Democrats uh, take the House again, and they may not. You know what? We may pick some stuff up. But, but uh, when I say we, again, I'm talking about the big picture freedom people. But if, in fact, the Senate would go Democrat and the House would state Democrat, you can be assured that they will impeach Trump now. If they impeach him, that doesn't mean that he is guilty, but what it will do, it will be a circus that will try to marginalize the good things that have occurred, and uh, and you don't hear a lot a lot about the good things. But Jason, one of the things I was really excited about this week is uh, when. Uh, Planned Parenthood said that they're stepping back from this Title 10 money. And it's over 200 and some million dollars because the Trump administration said if, in fact, you're taking Title 10 money for, quote, unquote, family planning, you cannot refer. You can talk about abortion, but you cannot refer the woman to an abortion clinic. And so he played in a very strategic, uh, strategic way. Uh, to bring forth, uh, uh, are they really in family planning or are they in the abortion business? And I think that this really forced Planned Parenthood's hand.
2: Well, it's interesting, and and we'll see if there's a court challenge or a pushback like there usually is. But, boy, one thing about uh, President Trump, every other day he's coming up with something new. You know, the guy never stops pushing forward. There's There's never a day when he's not trying to do something and fight for one of the campaign promises that he made. And it's very interesting. I don't remember him talking about uh, buying Greenland, but <laughs> I think that could be a good idea for us and for them too.
1: Well, and then I also wonder if maybe, again, this is something that has the, the mainstream media and everybody talking about this. I mean, I was a little surprised when I saw buy Greenland. I, I hadn't. So it's mm-hmm. Trump's new Greenland deal. Right. (laughs) But um, it may be he has them over here, and then you've got the Title X thing happening. And uh, so I think it's pretty strategic. So going back to Hickenlooper and Mm Cory Gardner, first of all, you know, Colorado is a unique animal right now, and we have so many millennials, and they are coming out of colleges. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. Her daughter's going to be graduating from a very prestigious university, And before she graduates, she has to take a social justice class. And my friend said that um, she's probably not after that going to give another dime to that particular university. And I think that we've talked about getting the money out of the abortion business. And I think we need to maybe start to get public money out of all of this uh, education business as well because uh, we are funding – uh, these left-wing professors to try to brainwash our kids. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe we should stop that.
2: Well, and I, I, there was some action taken on that front too. I think Jeff Sessions, while he was in, uh, pushed some things to do that. And I, I can't, I'm sorry, Kim, I can't remember the details. But just recently, there was some some action taken to make sure that these uh, universities are not. Uh, silencing uh, voices from conservatives on campus or else there would be some type of financial penalty. And I don't remember the details. Probably you do better than me.
1: Well, um, I don't remember that exactly either. But every day, as you mentioned, uh, and when President Trump is doing things for America, it's not for this whole racist thing is getting me crazy. When when the economy is doing, uh, doing well... It's lifting all boats. Black unemployment is at uh, close to an all-time low. And we said in the first segment, the dignity of work, the dignity Mm -hmm. of people being able to take care of themselves – and the left wants to force folks into government dependency. So let's go to break. We'll be right back. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Where we'll talk a bit more about this fun event on September 16th. And you need to sign up for this. And I think it's going to sell out. Uh, we've had a very brisk uh, reservations on this. And this is before Labor Day. And so if you are interested... Uh, be sure and go to americhicks.com. You can sign up there or you can go to com. And uh, I think everyone is going to also get this year's Stock Traders Almanac as well.
2: That's right. Everybody that shows up gets a free copy. So if we can't get you there with the food or the info, we'll just hawk free stuff.
1: <laughs> We're going to go to break. We'll be right back.
3: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with RE-MAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping golden retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Waters Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francon with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at
1: Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Charlie puts together on some of this bumper music some of my favorite songs, and I I end up wanting to listen to it instead of uh, start talking. So, um, anyway, thank you to Charlie. Steve's
2: okay with that as long as you're not
0: telling a joke, right?
2: (laughs)
1: You guys are so mean. I I was being mean to him, not
2: you. I was taking your side, not his.
0: The operative word is joke.
1: See, see what a Grinch! Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, hey, uh, I want to talk about some more headlines in the last segment. But before we do that, Jason, you always put you put so much thought into. We talk to you every morning, and uh, it's like the show. It takes a lot of prep just for the hour. It takes a lot of prep for the just the few minutes that we get to talk talk about that. But people have reached out and they say, "I learned so much from Jason." And uh, so you had something, and, and this is kind of the nugget that you'll you'll take away today uh, regarding taking losses when you're you've you're retired.
2: Well, yeah, it's a whole different ball game when you're uh, younger and still building up your money. You're in what I would call the accumulation phase. You know, if you take a big drawdown, uh, I think it it doesn't hurt as bad, at least emotionally, because you're not using that money every month to create an income. So it's not quite as real. And I'm certainly not uh, professing uh, that it's okay to take big losses even when you're young. I think that's something our industry has propagated. I don't necessarily agree with that because if you take a big loss when you're young, yeah, you might make it back at some point, but you never make up the, the five or ten years that you were trying to play catch up so that that just one little off to the side thing is i i, I don 't think even when you 're young it's it 's good to take a great big huge loss, but a lot of folks, and especially i 'm getting more questions on this now, Kim, that the markets have gone way up, a lot of people have seen tremendous gains over the last uh, you know ten years or so, and I think that 's fabulous. But now they're, they're looking and kind of their, their whole portfolio, even if they're older, is, is like completely invested in very aggressive things. It's like all in stocks or stock mutual funds. And they're worried what happens if we get another drop. And I get a lot of questions, well, how much should I have in, in like stocks and riskier uh, investments versus maybe bonds or, or annuities or something that's safer? Well... You know, I'm not a big fan of Warren Buffett on a lot of things, but this this little formula has been attributed to him, and I think it's a great rule of thumb, and it's called the rule of 100. Okay. So what what that says is you take the number 100, subtract your age. So if you're 60, you would come up with 40. So you would so have,
1: would that be your real age or the age you tell people?
2: Well, I think in this case it should be your real age. Okay. So uh, that 40 would be the percent of your investment money that you have in, in riskier investments. Now, here's where I'm really proud. I've, I was able to simplify something even more than Warren Buffett. Okay. Why do the 100 minus your age? Let's just say whatever your age is. About roughly that percentage is what should be in safe investments, and the rest could be in risky I like it so if you're if you're sixty a good rule of thumb would be to say, well, about sixty percent of my uh money that I have invested should be in safer investments versus riskier now, I think again don't have to not be right to that percentage, Kim, but if you're sixty and Ninety-eight percent of your money is invested very aggressively. That could turn out to be an issue if 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 the market takes a big hit. So uh, I think it's a good just place to kind of start. Uh, if you're a little more aggressive, you can adjust it a little more. I think you can also adjust it a little more depending on the condition of the market. Is it really high right now? Is it is it kind of lower? I mean, I like to be an opportunist, even if someone's a little bit older, if the market's really cheap, maybe we get a little bit more aggressive temporarily, and then we try to come back. But if you look at this picture, right. it's, a, it's a big pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's a triangle, which is very strong. So if the base of your triangle is is safe money, mm-hmm. well, then you got a good solid base, But I see a lot of people. When you flip this upside down, that's pretty easy to tip over if something goes wrong.
1: Well, and we talked about it yesterday about having a strong foundation. Now that was with Dr. Mm Cranawitter, which also I didn't mention. You are when you heard the uh, spot. But you at Presidential Wealth Management are also helping to sponsor Vino and Veritas at Water's Edge Winery and uh, in Castle Rock. And then the Loveland office is uh, sponsoring up in Fort Collins. But we talked about a strong foundation. And across the board, whether or not it's in education, in your investments, you know, in your faith, a strong foundation really leads to uh, – a prosperous a, a flourishing life and uh, so, as you mentioned, to have that strong foundation is really important and there could be a variety of things that you put in that that right. safe component
2: exactly yeah so what uh, what you want to i think prevent uh, again is taken a huge drawdown on your money, the worst time that can happen, Kim, is is right after you retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and here's why it's different. And I'll just give a quick example. Uh, th- these are some numbers. I mean, some, it gets a little wonky, but I try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, there's kind of been another rule of thumb that says when you retire, whatever your investment money is worth, the first year you could take out four percent, mm-hmm. and and then you increase it for inflation, and then you have a good chance of not running out of money. I don't know if I agree with that either, but we'll stick with it for okay. now. So, but let's say a person had a million bucks on the day they retired. So the first year they could take out forty thousand dollars. You know, each year you would increase that forty to account for inflation and And you might say well that will work out well because the stock market is averaged six percent a year, seven or eight, whatever time period you're looking at, but those numbers can change really fast if you have a big a big drop so let's look just real quick let's say you start with the million, you take out your forty thousand for the year, now your account's at nine sixty but then the market takes a great big drop, mm-hmm. and your money drops down to six hundred mm-hmm. and that could happen it 's mm-hmm. happened before. Well, let me ask you a question, Kim. just because the the market dropped, does that mean all of your uh, people that you owe money to or your bills uh, went away? No, no, you still have them so you still have to take out you know your forty thousand the next year while the market 's down. Mm-hmm. So that puts your account maybe at about 560 now. And if we have a couple of more years where it doesn't recover quickly and you still have to keep withdrawing, it doesn't take much. And I've just done some numbers, your account could easily be down to about 300 to 350,000 within a two to three year period of the market taking a hit. So now you think about it, if you're having to take out about $44,000 to keep up with your bills because of inflation and your account has dropped down and it's only worth 300 and so I mean you're taking out 12-13%. Mm-hmm. So even if now the market recovers and it averages that 8% a year over the long term, that doesn't matter to you because you'll you will run out of money. So, so your average eight percent on zero, which is still zero,
1: right? And so that is why it is so important to really have an honest conversation with yourself, and uh, do a discovery session with you, right? Uh, and uh, and you can reach reach you at chickspresidential.com. com, but you sit down with people and it's it doesn't cost anything, nope. and uh, you can go through where they are, what their goals are, and I know that you take uh, fastidious. Care in doing that, Jason, and uh, uh, so would highly recommend that so that people aren't surprised that they that they are planning for the future. Uh, if you do not, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so this discovery session would be a really good thing for people to do.
2: Well, I think it would be fantastic. And as you point out, it's not an obligation. There's no high pressure. Uh, At the very worst, you're going to have kind of a picture of where you're at. Sometimes that might be a surprise that you're not happy about. And sometimes it might be a surprise that you're really happy about. Uh, Kim, I want to make one more quick point on this, if you'll allow the other thing to think about is even when you plan out to just take this 40000 a year, life is not a spreadsheet. Nothing ever goes according to plan. And unfortunately, people have emergencies, and they have to take out money. And a lot of time I see it as for medical stuff. But you know what? A lot of times it's because their kids have are having problems, you know, and when they're older, you know, and the kids are having problems, well, when are they usually having problems? When the economy's tough and the market's down, and that's when they're going to lose their house, they lose their job, something bad happens, and then they come to the parents and need money, so now you're withdrawing even more out of your accounts at the worst possible time. I mean, think about if you're taking out 40000 the damage that does. What if your account's way down here, Right then is when Billy or Susie or one of your kids has a rough time and you have to take out another thirty or forty thousand. So I think it's really important to protect as much as you can against large drawdowns, especially early in your retirement.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense. And so Jason McBride, if you'd like to do a discovery session with him or your team over there at Presidential Wealth Management, you can go to my website. And uh, do that or uh, chickspresidential.com. And if if you'd like to get to know Jason a little bit before you do that, sign up for this fun event. We're doing Nuts and Bolts. It's going to be September 16th over at Waters Edge Winery. It's going to be a really fun evening. And uh, you said Jeff Hirsch with uh, Stock Traders Almanac is going to be there. Uh, He's coming in from New York. And, you know, I worked on a stock trading desk. And we worked with a lot of New Yorkers. And I think that's probably why some of the stuff that Donald Trump does, I mean, there's some early stuff I wish he wouldn't have said, but, but, you know, I, I appreciate New Yorkers and he's a New Yorker. And uh, so I'm excited to meet Jeff.
2: Well, Jeff's not Donald Trump, but he is uh, from New York, and he is an interesting fellow. Uh, you know, the first time I saw him, I said, so did you get into this after the Soprano show ended? You know, but uh, he's got a good sense of humor. So, uh, you know, it'll be a fun evening. Uh, we'll have some, some good food, some good wine. Learn some good stuff. But most of all, it's going to be a lot of fun and very enjoyable.
1: And uh, it's it's uh, going to sell out. So if you are interested, be sure and sign up. And that uh, is either at chickspresidential.com or my website, americhicks.com. And also sign up for my email so we can keep you informed about all this stuff. We're going to go to break. Uh, How about some more headlines? Does that sound good when we come back? Sounds great, yes. Because there's some important stuff uh, happening out there. So this is Kim Munson. Uh, Jason McBride is in studio. Steve's running the boards. And we'll be right back. You
3: want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email kim at americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com.
0: Come join the 88 Drive In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 23rd through Thursday, August 29th, features will include Angry Birds 2, The Lion King, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special get one 12 inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16 ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steam. Cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88DriveIn.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. I only be
1: with you. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson with the Americhicks, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Thrilled to be having a in studio with me is Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. We are having a conversation about uh, a variety of things. But Jason, let's get to some of Patty's headlines. It okay. is amazing what she does. Can you believe?
2: Well, I read them, and then every day she just piles on new ones before you can get to the old ones. You need to tell her to slow down just a little.
1: Well, um, You know, we we never know what to choose. And uh, normally after I get off, like you mentioned, after I get off off the show, Patty and I have a conversation. It's like, okay, we didn't get to that. Move that over. Move that over. But this one, this is from uh, Fox News. San Francisco, the San Francisco um, Board of Supervisors has introduced new sanitized language for criminals. They're getting rid of the words such as offender and addict while changing convicted felon to justice-involved person. Can you honestly believe that?
2: I honestly can. That's the shocking part.
1: I know. It says the Board of Supervisors adopted the changes last month, even as the city reels from one of the highest crime rates in the country and staggering inequality exemplified by pervasive homelessness alongside Silicon Valley wealth. The local officials say the new language, language will help change people's views about those who commit crimes, honestly. So when somebody is coming up, you know, and, uh, um, you know, holding you up, you know, that's going to change your mind about crime, honestly. It says, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, from now on, a convicted felon or an offender released from custody will be known as a formally incarcerated person or a justice-involved person or or just a returning resident. A juvenile delinquent will now be called a young person with justice system involvement or a young person impacted by the juvenile justice system. And drug drug addicts or substance abusers, meanwhile, will become um, a person with a history of substance abuse. We don't want people to be forever labeled for the worst things that they have done, Supervisor Matt Haney told the uh, newspaper. We want them ultimately to become contributing citizens and referring to them as felons is like a scarlet letter that they can never get away from.
0: Enabler.
1: Exactly. The newspaper noted an individual whose car has been broken into could well be known to police as a person who has come in contact with a returning resident who was involved with the justice system and who is currently under supervision with a history of substance abuse.
2: Honestly, I'd love to see the cop fill that in on the report for the offense.
1: I cannot believe it. So I was thinking about you. You know, you have... Me? Yeah, okay. No, 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 not on this. Not on this. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, you, <laughs> I should... Uh, let me clarify. You have had a week uh, with CenturyLink. Regarding a, you know normally you are at home you plan all this out and I continue to get, get text messages my internet work isn't working my internet isn't working and so instead of calling you an unhappy or dissatisfied customer they're going to call you an internet challenged person
2: I'm broadband deficient <laughs> internet challenged whatever. internet challenged you know I think the San Francisco I, I was thinking about that we could call them on. Cerebrally deprived persons.
1: <laughs> Steve. You...
2: Persons impacted by cerebral deprivation.
1: <laughs> Steve, you look somewhat pensive on that comment.
0: Well, do you want to go back to the San Francisco thing? Yeah. I mean, I found it by accident. I was looking for something else, but this headline on Fox just screamed at me. And again, I need to develop my rant here in terms of what is the actual role of government, you, federal, State local whatever is this the role of government to redefine English terms okay and for what and you know to what outcome
1: you know you you, you go back to what has been happening in our society you know it 's a relativism instead of a foundation you know a strong foundation. Um, I, w- I met with a mom yesterday and we were talking about parents uh, uh, no longer will um, acknowledge that their kids might do something wrong at school. It's like, and it's making it very difficult for teachers. I know that teachers, this whole discipline problem. And so when people don't have to be held accountable, we all make mistakes. But when they do not have to be held accountable, then what do we have going on here? And a story, Jason, um, my oldest was a handful from time to time. And uh, one of my neighbors had called. This was back when he was in junior high. And they said, hey, we saw some kids throwing some eggs at our house. And we didn't recognize any of the other kids, but we recognized your, ch- your child. And, you know, th- and eggs, once they dry on paint, it can be a real problem. Yeah. And so I got in the car and I went over to the junior high school and I went into the principal's office and I said, I need to talk to my son. Well, apparently he had just done something else at school. Oh boy! And he walks in, he's like... How did you get here so fast? Because <laughs> he was expecting he was going to be in trouble for that. And um, we need to make sure, I mean, and I have good kids. I don't, but they're not perfect kids. It's just like me. You know, I, I strive for excellence, but there's no way we can get to perfection. But if we cannot acknowledge that we make mistakes on an individual level, or from a societal level, we are enabling all this. And San Francisco, they have people in the in the gutters. They have people defecating on the streets. This is a once beautiful city. And it could happen right here in Denver as well.
2: And they're worrying about this.
1: And they're worrying about that.
2: that that's, and I don't think it's going to fool anybody. I mean...
1: It's not fooling the public. If
2: I'm an employer and, and someone applies for a job... And and I I don't even know if you can ask the question on an application anymore whether you've ever been, but they're probably going to do a background check and Uh find out what's the difference. I mean, now the potential employee still has to explain what he did or she did. Uh, I just don't see how softening this is going to change the outcome. I just don't believe it.
1: Well, and to the individual, it, it basically is enabling them. It is like everybody gets a ribbon, and that doesn't do anybody a favor. And uh, and you see this then now playing out in San Francisco. Before we're just about out of time. First of all, Jason, this always goes so fast when you're That's- here, and I so appreciate you being in studio. But there's going to be something happening here in Denver, uh, and it looks like that we are going to be the first city in the America that is going to institute a carbon tax. And this is from Forbes. It says, carbon taxes have failed globally, but the left-leaning Denver City Council will vote to impose one locally. And carbon tax legislation has been introduced in more than a dozen states, but not one of them, not even the bluest of the most left-leaning state legislatures have seen fit to pass a carbon tax. There's a carbon tax legislation pending in Massachusetts that is sponsored by a majority of the Democrat-run Massachusetts legislature. Despite that, Bay State lawmakers adjourn for the summer without even holding a hearing on the bill. The failure of carbon tax supporters in state legislatures, including those in blue states that should be most inclined to pass those, isn't stopping efforts to now impose a carbon tax at either the national, state, or local level. Federal carbon, carbon tax, uh, I wanted to say garbage tax, but carbon tax legislation was introduced in Congress earlier this year. But the place where a carbon tax vote will occur next is not Washington, D.C. It's right here in Denver, Colorado, where the City count, uh, Council voted this week to advance a local carbon tax bill that would siphon $43 million annually from the local economy if enacted. The bill was advanced this week, week by Denver City Council's Finance and uh, Government Committee, and uh, it looks like they're going to vote on that on, a, on August 26th. This is going to be a very bad thing for Colorado.
2: Well, give uh, a little credit to Mayor Hancock for pushing back against it and pointing out they might be moving a little bit too hastily.
1: Uh, so uh, hopefully they will not to pass that. So Quote for today, the average person puts only 25% of his energy and ability into his work. The world takes off its hat to those who put in more than 50% of their capacity and stands on its head for those few and far between souls who devote 100%. And that is from the great industrialist, Andrew Carnegie. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.